0: Hi and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast highlighting artists, teachers, authors and philanthropeneurs entrepreneurs who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, a holistic visions for planet Earth. My name is Julian Guderlei and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with David Lyon. David is a celebrity performer, speaker and mentor with over a decade of experience in the arts of street magic, mentalism and hypnosis. His passion for connecting with others and doing the impossible has led him to perform for some of the biggest stars, making him a sought after headliner, mentor and speaker for a wide variety of appearances and seminars around the globe. His mission is to inspire and empower those who are looking to improve their social skills and overall quality of life by teaching magic, mentalism and hypnotism right out of his own professional repertoire. He is also an extension of the energy of Thoth, acting as a channel, sharing the wisdom of the spirit entity, Thoth, hosting retreats for light leaders. So with these words, welcome, David.
1: <laughs> That's a great intro. Thank you, man. Yeah, welcome. Uh,
0: thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to to get to speak with you, um, possibly with, with Thoth as well. Man, we were just speaking about that uh, right before the recording. What an interesting experience to like be contacted by a channel. I think this is not every day for most people um, or acting as a channel but you have a background in like hypnotism and like magic like street street magic in that sense like was it easier you feel for you to like accept that in?
1: You know what I feel like so you know there's like there's different legs to my journey of course and I feel like when I found street magic and illusion and all that kind of stuff it was life's way of trying to point me, point me to something that was happening on the inside. It's, you know, it's like I found David Blaine. That's how I became, that's how I became a magician when I was 16 and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, Oh, dope. And I thought everything that he was doing was real magic. I didn't realize that some of it was illusion. And so when I went and I, uh, and I became an entertainment magician and I learned some of the illusions, what most magicians do at that point is they go, Oh, it's all tricks. Oh, it's all illusions but i always knew inside me that real magic existed i just didn't know how to access it or how to find it and i feel like life putting that stuff on my path was its way trying to like point me back to the inside like no you are the magic that you're looking for and once you tune into that inside then i then you reawaken and remember your gifts which is what ended up happening
0: yeah that's really cool you are the magic inside and then the magic starts unfolding. I feel like the word magic also is is framed really interestingly because it, it's, in my mind, I associate it mainly first with witches, I don't know why, and they're like the medieval ages. Mm. Yeah, and and then obviously like with, with the wizard world in that sense, but I feel magic or miracles is, is an everyday occurrence actually. And even like when I look at us like driving cars, I'm like, if you were someone from 300 years ago who teleported into this reality,
1: it, by, by random coincidence, like this would all look like pure magic to you anyway. Absolutely. You know, I, I would go so far as to say that magic is the nature of existence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and yeah, you know, the literal, the literal nature of existence is magic, the fabric of it. And, you know, that's why I, you know, I feel like when we receive those messages from the divine, when we see those intuitions, those downloads from spirit, as you might call it, and we act on it, that's the, the act of creating magic. And, you know, that's why we create synchronicities and all of a sudden have these uh, reflections in our life where we experience like spirit guides and angels and whatever else may, may be. You know, but, um, you know, for me, a big turning point in my life was, um, you know, so I I did the whole, I did the whole entertainers world thing and, you know, I climbed up the celebrity ladder and this, that, and the other. And I just felt really empty. Like, like, I, I thought that once I achieved a certain dream, which for me was I wanted to meet Drake and perform for Drake and have a video with him and once I do that then you know I'll have fulfillment and that couldn't be farther from the truth you know you know so it's like I, I accomplished those things but I still felt empty inside because I was and this and this is where it ties into me discovering real magic but at the time when I was doing that whole celebrity thing I was being who I thought I needed to be Right. And, and I feel like there's, there's, there's two aspects of ourselves there's who we think we need to be and who we mm-hmm. truly are. And so I was being this like macho, impressive, uh, charming asshole type dude. And, you know, basically wearing all these masks and identities because I just wanted recognition. I was just deeply right. insecure. And so, as much success as, as my, my created identity would receive, it wasn't nourishing my actual being. Right, it wasn't nourishing my actual essence, and so when I realized I'm like that, I'm, that I'm still feeling empty. At one point, I asked myself a very powerful question that, that changed everything for me, which was simply, um, What am I not seeing? Like, I'm like, Everything I'm doing, I'm accomplishing everything I set my mind to I'm accomplishing, but it's still leaving me empty. So, there must be something I'm not seeing. So, I just kind of surrendered to life, and I'm like, What am I not seeing? And that's what opened up these magical doors of the universe where where i believe you know then all of a sudden these ancient egyptian texts fell on my lap uh the book of ra in particular called the law of one and that began to teach me about spirituality and the law of attraction in the universe um and it was really a huge catalyst for me because because i just it just made so much sense it just resonated um and then i would say a year into studying the knowledge of spirituality i ended up meeting um uh, a mentor. It was my first experience of um, a spiritual mentor. And, you know, it's interesting because as much as I've always, you know, even when I was younger, as I believed in psychics and people who have magical abilities, I thought that, you know, those people live in caves far away. You know, I didn't think that they were people it's that such we an would... Interesting notion. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I, I thought, you know, 1% of the world is maybe psychic. You know, I didn't realize that our psychic gifts. Are actually our birthright, and that all of us are psychic. And so I met this guy, and he was my first experience of an energy healer, channeler, psychic, whatever you want to call. And the short story of it was that he just, you know, when I met him, he just gave me this reading, and he was just like, "We have information for you." And I was just like, "Like who is we?" I'm like, you know, it's just, just me and you in this room. And he just gave me this reading. It was just like, you know, you think you're this macho, impressive magician who's a celebrity who gets girls and da, da 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 da, but really the real you is soft and sensitive and is meant to help people and has magical gifts and abilities like me, you just don't remember. And at the time, I had no idea what he was talking about in terms of magical gifts, but what he most gave me in that moment was this distinction between who i thought i was and who i truly was mm. and the idea that the sooner i let go of who i think i need to be the sooner i become more of who i truly am again and that's what put me on the path of magic and fulfillment was reconnecting to what i call the radio station of your soul you know it's that's was oh, it, i love that shift. the radio station of your soul yeah totally because it's it's just a frequency experience right if
0: you're you can i, I feel like it's a really great metaphor if you compare it to real life if you go to a certain evening event right everyone is on a certain radio station and maybe your mask is being acknowledged and you go home and you're like oh this is amazing but then when you come back you're like i'm not in this frequency anymore now this doesn't make sense like why did i even behave this way exactly it's it's pretty apparent and i feel like all of us like have have some form of memory or experience or even maybe today right here right now like an experience where their mask is apparent or or not a parent. And like, it's, it's a funny question that you asked yourself there, man, because you were someone who led other people into an illusion so that they wouldn't see something. Mm
1: -hmm. And then you realized, man, like, there's something I'm not seeing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I feel like one of the greatest gauges for, for us to see, um, how quote unquote far we might be from our soul station is just to ask ourselves the question of who, who is our childlike essence? You know, if we look at our childlike essence before the pain, before the fears, whoever that being is, is your true core natural self, you know, more playful, more silly, more vulnerable, more open, um, you know, more imaginative, as opposed to serious, guarded, tough, um, rigid, that's not the radio station of your essence. You know, so it that that's that was the process for me of of releasing who I thought I needed to be, you know, all those things, the macho ness and whatnot, and going back to my essence and and then lo and behold, by doing that, that's where I began to remember my spiritual gifts. Really cool. I didn't have to learn anything new, they were just there for me to remember.
0: Right. It's it's that's why a lot of people refer to remembering. Um, in in the like spiritual communities or like the the consciousness or or woke communities, however we want to call it. I have a few questions that just kind of result out of what you just said. And one, uh, I often ask towards the end of an interview when you know when like things are warmed up and you're like deeply, deeply in it, but you just mentioned like this childlike essence. And so this is something that that played a role all my life so far. Um, And my question to you is like, if you single-handedly or with a team of people, if you could change the education system at large, like what would you... Mm.
1: Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. First thing that comes to me is I would teach compassion. Like, I feel like, you know, like, you know, we learn things. I mean, it depends what level of the education system we're talking, you know, elementary, high school and whatnot. But but I, I, I've i actually wrote about this years ago because uh, I used to be a teacher. I used to teach at a high school, um, even though I have oh, no wow. degree. Yeah, I have no degree, but it was a very synchronistic story. <laughs> um, but the main thing that I found was missing was um, just basic les- lessons of teaching compassion, teaching intuition, um, teaching unity, teaching passion. You know, the teaching what makes because what I what I find my major beef with the education system is they teach you what they think you need to know, as opposed to discovering like, well, what it, what are your interests? What are your passions? How can we fuel that? How can we enhance yeah. that? You know, and and so it I feel like goes right along with this this
0: sorry to jump in there because right along with what you just said earlier right there's like there's this identity who you think you should be <laughs> like no exactly. wonder because we get fed that story from like like early days on
1: exactly you know like the, the school i was teaching at um back in montreal you know I, when i first walked in there the teachers were all warning me to like just so you know they're really bad kids you know like they're, they're like just be careful they're really bad kids i'm like i'm like I don't believe you. I'm like, there's no such thing as bad kids. They're just misunderstood, you know? And so I went in there on in one day and connected with them so powerfully and so deeply and inspired them that they walked throughout the halls, just like happy and, and like sharing insights and stuff like that. And the teachers were like, you know, how did you do this? Like what, you know, like what did you know, what happened? I'm like, I just connected with them. I didn't treat them as bad people. I just saw them for who they are and I leveled with them. It wasn't, I'm the teacher, you're the students. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm a person just like you. I have certain things to share and I, I'd love to explore with you guys. Yeah, I could totally see how kids would, would pick that up right away from you.
0: There's something about people in the way they carry themselves with an essence of youth or an essence of this like soul uh, station or frequency or uh, I call it home frequency or soul essence in my coaching often. And, yeah. and I feel like, when you feel that in another person, for me, what happens is trust. And I can't even explain why it's just, it's just there because I know even if that person does something that I wouldn't agree with, it won't like, then I don't need to happen there with that person. We, we can find the way to understand where the, the mutuality and the kind of like quote unquote, like giving each other space will happen because that essence or on that radio station of soul essence or home frequency, I feel like we have an intuitive sense of, of allowing each other into gift or Absolutely. into Don,
1: I don't know, I have a better word in English. Yeah. Like your gift, like whatever gift is coming through your soul. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just, yeah, compassion and intuition. I feel like what I, what I taught my students was, I taught them spiritual basics. Like I taught them about law of attraction. I used to make them watch certain cartoons for homework. You know, that was particularly uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know if you're familiar with it. it. Yeah, The cartoons. Yep. It, it yep. basically it's like a teaches spiritual wisdom through like martial arts and comedy. Um, and one of the unique things I did is like I told them each of them starts off with 100. They didn't have to earn 100, but they all started off with 100. And just by, if they if they chose to be absent or they chose not to participate or chose not to give in things, then they would lose the marks but it's much, I found it much more inspiring for them to like, Oh, we already have a hundred. We just have to maintain it as opposed to this unreachable goal. So yeah, I, I I switched a few things.
0: Yeah. Really cool. I I didn't know that before I asked the question that you actually worked as a teacher. So that made it's always, it's always much better when there's like personal actual like relation to, to those, those topics. And at the same time, I feel like there's almost no one I meet who is in their twenties to forties right now in 2019 who is like, oh, no, education system's fine, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like almost no one, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I have another follow-up question from what you said a little earlier, though, and it has to do with like this macho shell or this macho kind of mask. And, um, yeah, I just want to ask you about the integration because I, I remember right before I hit record on this, we were talking about like, uh, you know, how the the fluffy parts of this spiritual... Kind of uh, voice or the communities that are kind of emerging in the new age movement. How the fluffiness is kind of step by step leaving, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm just curious. Like, where do you connect groundedness macho ness? Like, these are still somehow polarities, but in a way, I feel like it's almost like a more integrated version of that, like directness and clarity. And like, now tell um, me your point of view. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would connect groundedness and macho-ness maybe just with the definitions that I give those two things, you know, for like, yeah, just to
0: clarify, I wouldn't connect them like right away, but I feel like they're, they're, they're like, if you take something like macho energy and you take out what doesn't work about it, what's, what's also not working.
1: Right. um, You might still
0: stay with some like good essence, you know?
1: Absolutely. Like I would say that macho-ness is just imbalanced masculine energy. Right. So, you know, there's, there's all the gifts of the masculine energy, just like being the leader, being direct, being assertive. Whereas the imbalance in macho-ness might be being arrogant or being full of yourself in a conceited way, hmm. you know? So there, there is a level of, um, so that's where I would connect it is that, you know, the, in the masculine energy, it's, it's definitely way more direct and uh, practical in that sense. And that's where the groundedness comes in for me is that, um, for me, when I say the word grounded, I mean I, I really mean practical. I mean simple. You know, so for example, as I was sharing with, with you earlier, you know, one of the quotes that I live by is if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough, right? And and this is where I was coming across lots of um, you know, and this is this is years ago. This is like in twenty twelve. You know, but still, so some sometimes, but I was coming across lots of people who would say s- these things like I'm. You know, um, um, your, your, your throat chakra is, is uh, imbalanced and in the fifth dimension that, you know, like these, these words that only if I studied the same knowledge would I understand you. But if I'm talking to my grandmother or if I'm talking to a nine-year-old, they'd have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that language. It's, you know, I, I use it myself when I'm talking to certain people. What I'm saying is that it, it helps to have an awareness of who you're speaking to and understanding that it's the mind that likes fancy, it likes the fancy words and the intellectual, but the heart speaks simple, you know? So instead of going to someone and being like, Oh, your throat chakra is this and that I'll just say, Hey, you need to learn to express yourself more. Right. It's, 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 it's much more simple. And so, so I, the, the grounded element for me is, um, is where the wisdom is. Interesting. It's the difference between wisdom and knowledge for me. Yeah.
0: Yes. And the reason why I, brought it back to macho is more because i'm also curious in that groundedness like how did that that mask or that shell like soften for you like what happened for you that
1: um you were able to kind of attune that more so for me a lot of the masculine that i was being prior to my awakening was what i would call the false ma- masculine or the wounded masculine you know it was all who I thought I needed to be to get acceptance. You know, the macho, cock, macho cocky and all that stuff mm. that that's not the true masculine. What I would define as a true masculine. So, and what I had suppressed, what I had rejected was my, my feminine essence, which is the, the me that's more sensitive. That's more intuitive. That's more flow based. Um, that's more silly that's more playful. Like that kind of thing. I, I had rejected those parts of me because, you know, because I got bullied because I got laughed at, you know, and, and, and I wasn't able to make friends from that energy, so to speak. So I'm like, oh, this is not good enough. This part of me is not good enough. I need to become this other thing, right? And that's, and that's when we become who we think we need to be and reject who we truly are. And so my awakening was realizing that I, I had rejected this aspect of me and going, oh, but I am those things. I, I am sensitive. I am silly. I am... Um, intuitive and flow-based, and so for me it was actually re-embodying my feminine essence first, because that's what I was most in tune with. And I actually ha- had to learn um, throughout my late twenties and thirties um, the the divine masculine, because I had no example of that growing up. That's so
0: dude, I relate like so much. That's that's I f- feel like a story for for quite a few of the men um, out there. Is is like when once you integrate you're more sensual more flowing more feminine nature you might need to revisit your masculine qualities absolutely it, it's totally how it happened to me and i feel like for a while in my head i had this story running of like there's just not enough examples and role models out there and while i still think there's a the truth to it i'm 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 not struggling with it but i'm in like a genuinely honest inquiry about like okay so how do we move that needle because we can be this now for each other and the, for the people we can impact, but at large, like we can have these old narratives win over over actually a divine masculine
1: Yeah, and I feel like it it opens up when we release our resistance to it, right you know because so and what I mean by that is for a long time, I had a strong resistance to masculine energy because I would relate it to my father and I would relate it to, to, to the trauma I experienced with my father and so and I was just very happy just being you know like i was just very in flow and intuitive and you know i would do my channeling and and my life was very much and is very much a vacation you know so i would i was just enjoying that but when it came to, to things like making money or building my business or being a self-leader um i lacked in that department you know because I, I and i and i resisted it i resisted that masculine energy but then there came a turning point because I like to look at the, the, the energetic shifts that, that cause certain realities to come in. And so then there came a point where, you know, I had built my platform. I had my creative gifts and abilities. I had clients, but I was still broke. And I had this resistance to, to making money, um, which I, again relates to just my, my leadership and, and building qualities and masculine energy. And so I had to desire to work through that and soften my resistance and heal what needed to be healed. And only once I, I, I was willing to release my resistance to the masculine energy and was even one step further willing to learn what uh, a divine masculine looks like, then, I, then examples of it popped up in my reality. So I would say that the only reason why it's not present in certain realities is just because we have a resistance to it.
0: Hmm. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Thanks for that reframe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up with another question just so we can take that in, in fully. Cool. Um, so how are you choosing, because I can just feel this optimistic energy, so I'm assuming you're choosing it every day. How are you choosing optimism every day in your life?
1: That's an interesting question. I mean, for me, it's just who I am. Um, the, there's no conscious... Answer. Yeah, there's yeah. really no co- conscious thought or effort. It, but, and, and when I say it's who I am, I also feel like it's who we all are. You know, this goes back to the childlike, the child-like essence. You know, our childlike essence is innocent, is, mm-hmm. you know, is uh, just innocently optimistic and like sees through bright eyes. You know, so, so I, I just say it's, it's who I am and it's who we all are at, at the core of our being. And when I say, and also, so I guess to, to highlight... When I say optimistic, I'm not delusional either. You know, it's not like, oh, th- things, things will go great. Things will go great. You know, like it's not from a disempowered place. It's really from a space of, of clarity that I can be optimistic because I perceive possibility very easily. So that's where my optimism, I guess, comes from is I know that there's always possibility. We're in an infinite universe.
0: Mm. So you would go as far to say it's it's not just who I am or we are, but at large, the universe actually is conspiring towards the favor of life because that's why we're here in the first place.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would like I remember I heard someone say um, one of my favorite virtual teachers, uh, Bashar. I don't know if you're familiar with Bashar. So he's a he's yeah, I've a, listened to Bashar channel. before. Yeah. yeah, he's a channeled being. And he said something that I thought was so awesome. Where he he was talking about, I hope I'm gonna do this justice. Um, he was talking about how in the universe there is, let's say, fifty um, percent, uh, or hopefully it is it, yeah, he's like about fifty percent neg- negativity, fifty percent positivity, and but he's like there's also a middle point a balance point and i know i already used 100 percent but just follow me <laughs> but let's just say there's you know there's half negativity half positivity and but because you have free will as a middle as the middle point that free will is a positive energy so there's a slight increase towards the positive and that's why we all feel drawn towards positivity toward towards optimism so the the world the universe in its flow is slightly more positive than it is negative just because we have the free will aspect to choose which side we want to attune with really cool i like that
0: how would you what would you give people as advice when it comes to like this this positive negative tilt because i feel like choosing optimism for me too it's second nature i see possibility right um, but then the state of the world around us can be quite dire even though let's say my daily life or my communities are Full with amazingly loving people if I open the news or if I just look at like the current geopolitical themes and I'm still like wow we're in, in like a big illusion this there's, there's a big theater going on right and so how can we keep that optimism use our free will for positivity while not being delusional as you said earlier and and pretending like it's not, not a big deal. Cause it kind of looks like it's starting to be a big deal if we tank this planet.
1: right? Yes. That's a great question. Um, what I, what i most feel to say is, is really just by being willing to choose ourselves first and make ourselves the top priority. And the reason why I say that is, you know, cause if, if we're, if we're focused on the outside world, we can very easily feel uh, disheartened and discouraged and like, look what's going on in the world. And, you know, like the system's crap and, and all these things, but there's a certain magic that comes from being willing to choose ourselves. You know, I always, I always tell people that, um, and this is a message that, that came through from Thoth on my 30th birthday, which is you're not here to help people. You're just here to shine. And he showed me the image of the sun. Wow. And if you look at the sun, the sun, it just, it just shines. It it just exists as the fullest expressions of itself. And as a side effect, it helps people. It heals people. It brings joy. It inspires, but it's not focused on helping people. It's just focused on shining, on being. And that's a huge reframe that it was a game changer for me that it it just made it very natural for me to live in a positive state because I realized that. I'm here to just shine to which for me looks like acting on my highest excitement, every moment that I can, uh, following my inspirations, listening to my intuitions as opposed to helping you because it's easier than helping myself. Right. That's what a lot of people do. It's like, we, we help others cause we don't know how to help ourselves. So it's, of course it, it, we could feel negative and heavy. So for me, It all boils down to being willing to choose ourselves and realizing that by doing that, you're leading by example. And when you see how you're inspiring people and healing people and bringing joy, it makes it more momentous for you to gain that positive state of flow. Beautifully put, man. I appreciate that answer a lot. I feel like
0: there's been times in my life when I personally would choose to help others because it's was with the toolkit that I do have, it's easier than actually continuing to
1: shop for myself. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, and it's, and, and again, it's like, it's not to say that in that flow, we won't help others. You know, I, I I help people all the time, but it comes from a state of my shine. It comes very naturally and effortlessly. It's not me going out of my way to focus on others. You know, the sun doesn't go out of its way to shine into your window.
0: No, that was really clear, man. I,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Um, I, have, I have a few a few more questions for you, um, and one is is around the word purpose. And I, in the introduction, called it planetary purpose um, because I believe in in like, you know, finding a reframe for higher calling or divine purpose because I feel like it it's still like really fluffy for my for my brain. What would be purpose in your own words? Like, how do you define purpose, um, and, and what do you connect with it on your in
1: your being? To be the unique you as fully as you can be. it's a simple, it goes back to what I was saying about shine, you know, because as soon as we attach purpose to an outside thing, you know, like my, my purpose is to help uh, coaches build six figure businesses or to help even raise the consciousness of the planet, you know, that's all well and good, but your purpose can evolve and shift like the form it takes can, can evolve and shift. But what doesn't, what doesn't necessarily change is that that is that that's a result of you stepping into more of who you truly are so that's why i say like it's just to be the unique you as fully as you can be to shine to you know if you want to know your purpose look at the sun shine and rise go on your path shine and rise that's it that's all
0: yeah it doesn't even stop shining at night though right (laughs) exactly
1: it's it's at a different part of the planet
0: yeah (laughs) that's very interesting so shine in your dreams people um, <laughs> David, I have another question, um, if you want to answer it, it's, it's about psychedelics or plant medicine and kind of just the, the communities that, that are forming around it. And so my question for you is like, is there any experience you can want to share with us about mindful or conscious use that happened
1: in your life where you feel, you know, it, it might inspire people? Um, I mean, I've done, so I've done ayahuasca. Um, I used to do shroom ceremonies for my students in my like energy and intuition classes. Like that was like the graduation ceremony. Um, I used to smoke weed. Um, I don't do anything anymore. Um, and so you're asking like a, like what was like a useful insight or like some kind of lesson? Well, that- I'm already happy with the answer you,
0: you're giving me. I have like very, um, close to zero expectations to most of these questions because I feel like these are topics that are coming up, right? And so um, a good follow-up question would be like, why did you stop smoking weed, right? But if we stay with the original question, it's it's more about like, I feel there's a lot of abuse still when it comes to drugs, psychedelics, and substances. And yeah. I I feel like one of the responsibilities of us and myself included that have used substances for healing purposes is to elevate the game um, around them and just to, to to change the narrative, you know?
1: Got it, yeah. So. For me, it comes down to, it comes down to intention. Like, what's your intention behind using these things? Um, Be it weed or ayahuasca, you know, because something that I see a lot of, especially here in California, is this epidemic of, I did 400 ayahuasca ceremonies this year, you know, you know, or, you know, and, and they call it medicine. You know, I'm like, but why? You know, like, why, why is that, why i'm not saying it's a bad thing but i'm I'm asking the genuine the genuine question of why do you feel like you need it so much that you know because for me all these plants and medicines they're they're there like a teacher they're there to teach you a certain vibration a certain frequency so that you can access it on your own after you know it's like and, totally. it's, and so for me it's just like i, I care about you know i've heard certain people say like oh well you know i do shrooms because that's how i release things and that's how i realize this that and the other and then giving which means they're giving the power to the shrooms saying that they don't, they can't do it otherwise and so so that's the only thing i care about is that you know is these things at the end of the day they're just tools and are you coming at that tool from an empowered space and from an intentional space where you're you're not coming from a space of lack but you're just you're like, no, my highest excitement was just to, to do it because I felt like celebrating life um, or, or intuition guided me. I felt called as opposed to I'm going through a hard time. Let me go do another medicine ceremony. Mm. Right. That's where it becomes a crutch. So it, for me, it, 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 you know I, I wrote an article once called, um, the, I think it was called The Five Spiritual Laws of Smoking Weed. And tell us those five, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember the five off top. I I could send it to you, but
0: send it to me. I'll link it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. The essence of it, it came down to intention, because like what would happen is at the end of a lot of my sessions, maybe because my clients knew that I was I'm, I'm a black guy or that I'm Jamaican, <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like, um. So I I have a question about uh uh, and I always knew they were gonna come up with a weed question. <laughs> yeah. And, they're, and, you know, because usually we just did a session about their psychic gifts or whatever. And then they're like, is it bad that I smoke weed? And my answer was always the same is what's your intention when you smoke? You know, yeah. are you, is it, um, is it just filler in your life? Because you're bored and don't know what to do. Is it escape? You know, or is it, is it celebration? Is it excitement? Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's the energy that you approach it with that creates the magic. You know, one of the, the, the um, acronyms I share is I am intention plus action equals magic so if you're and there's positive and negative magic so if your intention is to oh, escape i
0: love that i love that. I am
1: i am yeah yeah I just, that's great man it, it's one of the, the the base teachings in my in my uh, in like my soul magic courses and stuff it applies to everything and like literally everything but so for example with smoking weed if your intention is filler that's the most common one it's like oh, nothing better to do if your intention you're is right. filler which isn't exactly a positive intention, um, in terms of like expanding, um, and then you act on smoking weed, then you're just going to have more like, I'm doing nothing with my life. Oh, I should have done this. Or I get these ideas and do nothing. Right. But if your intention is like, wow, I just killed it. And I just had these clients and I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so proud of myself and you know what I want to celebrate. And then from that space, you're wanting to smoke some weed by all means, you can only get a positive result if you're having a positive intention.
0: Right, and then the question is if in that space you actually feel like you wanna smoke the weed. You might actually not feel like that, right? Exactly. Because you know, no that's idea. what happens when you tune your consciousness, right? Like when, when I practice yoga before 8 a.m. and like I go longer than an hour, my day is fundamentally different because I'm resonating at a form of, of frequency that like sustains me all day. And like I can attest to it personally, like it, It is different for me, especially when I, when I practice in a group before, like, whenever the magic time is, I think it's like two hours before sunrise and you keep going until sunrise. It, it charges your electric magnetic field in a way that is, it's just undeniably real. Like if you like yoga, if you don't, or if you believe it's, it's not for you, but it's a technology for the body and the breath to sync up and allow the electric circuits to be juiced. And when you do that, like on those days, consuming cannabis is like the furthest thing on my mind.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm happy you pointed it out, too, because it's like you get to a certain eventually you get, you know, for some people when you let's say their energy is here and Mm -hmm. when they when they smoke weed, it brings their energy over here. Right. And that's why they do it. They call it getting high. But if you learn to attune to your true core vibration, your your natural state is way higher than the vibration of weed. So you get to a point where smoking actually brings you down, which is part of the reason why I stopped. I, 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 I had a dream one night first I had the intuition that I had to take the first step to stop smoking because I was smoking a lot. And so I I took the first action and I stopped, stopped for, and after the first 24 hours, I had a dream where I was smoking a weed called essence Mm -hmm. and I smoked it and and that was a dream. And then when I woke up, I tuned in. I'm like, what did that mean? And the message I got was no weed can get you as high as your essence. Wow right?
0: <laughs> I love that, man. You're you, you, you dropping some, some real good truth here. Really beautiful. Um, I, have, I have two more questions for you. Um, sure. Number one, very pragmatic, but also uh, you can go with it wherever you want to go. Uh, what are your three favorite places on the planet? Inside myself. You kind of knew that you would kind of say that.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um inside myself um I want to say it's funny I'm 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 going gonna, gonna to say Kauai even though I've never been there yet. Oh and wow. I, and I'm and that's where I'm going for my 33rd birthday coming up. Um so you know spirit called me to go there so I'm going and so I guess this is a very weird way of answering the question but yeah so um, inside myself Kauai specific the reason why I'm saying that is just the energy that I feel there I just feel I just feel something if I feel a, a sense of home over there um, and Kauai is known as known to be the location of the mythical uh, Garden of Eden hmm. um, and third place favorite place on the planet With my family.
0: <laughs> I like that. I think that would be part of my answer too. It's just yeah. wherever my family is, they they get me to fly b- back home to like r- rural Germany where, you know, it, it's, it's kind of beautiful, but nothing too special happens there. But it's one of my favorite places because that's where I get to hang with my family. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I guess there's, there's no real physical location that is necessarily my favorite it's it's really just about where the energy's at you know whether it's with my soul family or my biological family mm. yeah very very nice
0: so the last question is is um what made me start this podcast journey uh, about two years ago and it's it's um around this notion of a holistic vision for the planet and i feel like in this interview david there's already so much that you shared that i would reckon is like the frequency or the essence of embodying this here now as much as we can yeah but in this question i'd love to to kind of leave the timeline uh, the linear timeline a little bit and, and ask you like if you had a seven generational vision for planet earth right oh, wow. kind of along the line of like what would you change with the education system like if 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 you're around if you're not around personally it doesn't even even really matter but like 210 years from now you know that's seven generations i believe um, is it 210? Yeah, like okay, yeah. I think 30, 30 years is what people usually say as a generation. Mm. Um 200 years, let's just say 200 years. Yep. And answer whatever comes up, like what do you think is possible? What do you think we need to get there? Like whatever is really coming up through through your soul right,
1: right there. Ooh, that's a question, bro. Um The first thing that I see that just feels really exciting is the, the idea of just united civilizations, both on earth and otherwise, you know, I, I feel like we have so much family in the, in the, in the galaxies, in the star system. Not only do I feel like, I know we have so much family in the star systems that, um, we're not fully in sync with yet. And, and, you know, and I, so I just think of the possibilities, it, it comes down to unity right? So I'm just thinking of the possibilities of unity. So on an essence level, it's that it's just unity here on earth, unity with other civilizations and what that means in terms of what knowledge we learn, what technologies we learn, what wisdom we learn, um, how that how we evolve spiritually through that. Um, And bringing that more into form. um, I just see Everyone living purely through their passions and divinity and nothing else, you know, so that by doing so, because we're all keyed into our true core frequency, everyone's also living in a constant flow of synchronicity. Hmm. Right? Whereas as soon as I'm done with one thing, it'll be synchronistically what the other person needs. So for me, it's it's just this vision of, of unity and harmony and um exponential growth, whereas I still see challenges you know that will will come up but I, but those challenges could be exciting as opposed to like survival based i like that i, I do believe that contrast is is a normal experience in this universe yeah, yeah. And, and and also I, I see um i see this flip where the kids become the teachers
0: oh man i love that you're saying that yeah
1: yeah you know right like, Because, you know, it's like if if, if in my imagination, um, those of us who are doing the spiritual work and we're raising our vibrations, you know, know, because something I I I read in a book about um, the immortals that live in the inner earth, they say in our civilization, children don't have children, which I thought is just a very powerful saying, meaning like the children minded. And so if if we're growing to this point where we're evolving our vibrations and then so that we can bring in higher level kids, then it's only natural for for us to be like, teach me with your way of being, you know, not necessarily, it won't necessarily be through words or, or maybe it will be, but I, I see the children becoming the teachers and that being really, really exciting so that we can constantly bring in higher levels of being, higher levels of being. And it creates a sort of humbling with the adults. Yeah. And yeah. I love where you're going, man. I, that's that's
0: so in line with what I'm tapping into um, personally since years on like a, a purpose for for this lifetime kind of uh, quest, and it's it's both like alienated me because I'm like, so how do I even start? And then also I'm I'm realizing part of this is because that wasn't the case for me as a child. As I'm growing into an adult and into older and older over the decades, it's just my job to humble down all the way until I can make the space for the children at some point. And that's going to be us collectively in, in, in ways or other, right? Yes. And it's, it's so interesting that you use that, like, the children-minded, because that's kind of the state of the world, I feel, it, it right now, is, like, we have children of consciousness governing and stewarding the planet. And that, that makes, like, no sense, or children in, like, a consciousness perspective. Right? It makes no sense to me because right. there's, obviously, the, like...
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, because there's, there's childish and there's childlike. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you no, know, like the, the childish is the more is the immature version, like yeah. being a brat. But like, you know, but even think if we to go full circle, like, yeah, this goes back to reclaiming our divine gifts and our, and our divine essence, which is returning to your childlike essence. Hmm. You know, that's where your perfection is. That's where your, your, your magic is. That's where everything that you came here to be is, is within that state. You know, so it's like we so we it's like we come in perfect we get conditioned out of it. And then some of us find our perfection again so that we can help others who have been conditioned un- you know, dehypnotize themselves back into their true core natural frequency. Beautifully put, man. I truly appreciated that interview.
0: Thanks for taking the time. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything you want to um, bring attention to right this moment?
1: Um, oh man. I mean, uh, I guess we, we didn't we didn't get a chance to touch too much on thoth but i guess we could, we could we could do that next time as a as a, yeah. as a cliffhanger um yeah i guess i would i would just love to bring attention to you know for for those who are seeking some um practical spiritual wisdom or empowerment and just in a way that's fun and flavorful i would love to invite people to check out um, my content um just by typing in my name david lyon on Google, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And um my movement is called Living Magic. That's the name of my website as well. It's livingmagic.life, which for me is the opposite of living struggle. Hmm. And so for those who share that belief um and also have that intention for the planet, this is where I share tools and resources um and teachings that can allow for more of that. Which for me equates to heaven on mother earth. Home
0: heaven on mother earth planet home (laughs) check david's page out and all the things he's offering i had a really great time with you on green planet blue planet or planet home
1: (laughs) yes thank you thanks for having me man i had a good time too
0: that's that another episode of green planet blue planet podcast i hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights knowledge and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life into your relationships or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world because this is a movement and we're all part of it very much so and we're in this together we're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win i win and the entire planet wins We're raising consciousness together, and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview, because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up, to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you. And I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships. Because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of inside evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation, or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected, because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in. Connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you, and until soon.